Let's get back to Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris on TalkZone.com. Next up, we have an interview that David conducted with the only athlete that I know who has the nickname Bambi, Lance Allworth. I see you grew up in Mississippi. How did you end up going to Arkansas for college? Well, I was going to Ole Miss and got married, and they uh, told me I had to come on a baseball scholarship rather than a football scholarship, so I decided to go to Arkansas. Was it hard choosing uh, football over baseball? Uh, you know, not really. Uh, baseball was an awful lot of fun. I enjoyed playing it. Uh, but football was, uh, you know, particularly playing outside receiver, it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, you know, uh, in baseball, they even give you a, a glove to catch with, you know. So that's a lot of fun. I played center field and enjoyed it. I mean, it would be tempting if you had a chance to play for the Yankees. <laughs> well, you know, at that time, I think the Yankees and uh, there were a couple of other teams that were interested in. Uh, I, I almost signed during the summer, but my dad said, no, you, you need to go get a college education. And he was smart and right. So my hat, again, goes off to him. He was a great father. So who was faster back in the day, you or your sister? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my sister used to outrun me until I was in the 10th grade. <laughs> What was it like playing uh, football in Arkansas back in the '60s, late '50s? Uh, you know, it was uh, it, it was a different type of football, I think, than than people see these days. It, it, you know, the ball we didn't throw the ball very much. Uh, it was just a running game, uh, a running game, a defensive game. And Coach Royals uh, started, uh, you know, the smaller teams and playing with smaller guys and even up in the front. So everybody we played against was all we were quick and fast, but uh, but not big. So whenever we ran into a big team that was fast, sometimes we had a lot of problems. But uh, other than that, it was great. It was it was a great time. I think we won or shared three Southwest Conference championships in a row. So can't complain. It was it was a great you know great life. I talked to Coach Broyles a couple months ago, and he only he raves about you, saying you were one of his best players ever down there at Arkansas. Who is that, Coach Broyles? Coach Broyles. He's still going in every day to the office, golfing at Augusta. Oh, geez. I'll tell you something. He is, uh, he, he's a great guy, a great coach, and, uh, you know, I, I really enjoy playing for him. It's a shame. I think he's retiring this year, and, uh, uh, you know, he's, whatever honors they give him, he deserves more than that. What was he like as a coach? Uh, you know, he, he, I think he was one of the first coaches, uh, uh, he had a, uh, big stand that he, you know, where we, uh, where movies were taken every day, out in the middle of the field. Okay. And I, I think he's the one that started that and he really coached from up there. So we had a lot of outstanding, uh, coaches that, uh, you know, that, that played on the field, but he was just a mastermind of it and, uh, so I stayed away from the guys a little bit. I see you were a pre-law at um, Arkansas. Did you ever think about becoming an attorney? Yeah, I went to law school for a couple of years, and uh, you know, I just decided I didn't want to be an attorney after seeing how much time we had to spend in the library. So Ron Mix didn't try to rub off on you? Because I know he was a very <laughs> successful attorney there in San Diego. Who's they say, Ron Mix? Ron Mix, yes. Yeah, Ron. Ron turned into a great attorney, but Ron had a lot more patience than I did. I, I was ready to get in and get out, and he was always, uh, you know, right there and uh, just very studious, very strong, and uh, <clears throat> great teammate, great football player. How did you end up signing with the Chargers? 
Uh, I was drafted by the Chargers. In, uh, I was their number two draft choice, I think, and they traded for me. Uh, I was drafted number one in San Francisco and never really even talked with them. Uh, in fact, I, I can't say that. I talked with them one time and <clears throat> met them. Uh, at that time, he didn't have any agents and they weren't, you know, they met with me on my way back home to Brookhaven, Mississippi and Jackson. And, uh, first thing he asked me, he said, well, what do you want? And I said, well, I talked with the AFL guys and I said, well, I'd like a no-cut contract. And they said, well, we don't give no-cut contracts. And I said, well, thank you very much. <laughs> and I walked out of the door and never talked to him again. When you went to and the Chargers, when I, signed, I, when I signed that year, I signed with uh, Al Davis is really the re- reason that I ended up in San Diego. He recruited me, and I loved him. I still love him to this day. Uh, he was a great man and a great coach, and uh, you know I have everything, nothing but positive things to say about him. He, he, uh, they gave me. Uh, I had a ten thousand, uh, ten thousand dollar bonus and twenty thousand dollars a year for two years. Was a lot it, of money, huh? That was back then. <laughs> Nowadays, that's like uh, meal money for these guys. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Did L. Davis move you to receiver? You know, that's uh, you know that's uh, when I came in. That was what they wanted me to play. And, uh, it was really funny because when they started the draft, uh, Kansas City had called me and said, "Look, we we'd like to draft you. We want you to play defensive back." And I said, I, I, "You know, I'm going I'm going to law school if you draft me to play defensive back because I don't want to play defensive back." So uh, they didn't draft me, and the Chargers did, and uh, so I got a chance to play outside receiver. Who gave you the nickname Bambi? Uh, Charlie Flowers, uh, guy from Ole Miss. Uh, I walked into the training camp and walked around a little bit and went out and practiced a bit and uh, came back in, and he said, well, uh, you know, you got to Big brown eyes, you run like a deer, and you got short brown hair. We're gonna and we're gonna call you Bambi. And I just ignored it because I didn't like it, but it sort of stuck. And it, you know, for the first couple of years they called me Bambi, and then three or four years they called me Bam, Bam this, Bam that, and then my seventh year when I went in they called me Mister Allwork. I knew that I was an older player. <laughs> what was so? What was? And that, that's true. That's really true of how it happened too. What was Sid Gilman like as a coach? I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. What was Sid Gilman like as a coach? Uh, you know, Sid, Sid, was a, Sid was a genius. I mean, he was an offensive uh, coach. and I mean, all the, he, all the stuff that you see today and all the stuff that was run by San Francisco and was run by San, San Diego and the other years was all from Sid Gilman. I mean, he invented the uh, West Coast offense, and uh, they didn't call it that at the time, but he's the guy that was responsible for it. So it had to be more enjoyable to play in the AFL at that time than the NFL again because it was more wide open. You had great receivers like you, Charlie Hennigan, Charlie Taylor. Uh, you know, it was uh, we, it, looking back at it, everybody called it such an open game, but we didn't throw the ball very much. You know, nobody did in that day and age. So, uh, you know, to look back at it and say, you know, AFL versus NFL, and they threw more than the other. I, I think if you look back at history, it'll, it shows you that the uh, NFL probably threw more than the AFL did in those days. But uh, anyway, you know, it was, uh, any consequence of that. I, I wish I were playing nowadays because they throw almost every down. I love it. That's fabulous. 
and they couldn't hold you, and they couldn't hold you like they used to. <laughs> well, yeah, they used to be able to hold a little bit more. What what cornerback gave you the hardest time? Pardon? What cornerback gave you the hardest time? Willie Brown from Oakland. What made him so tough? Uh, he was like six two or three, and he was quick. He was fast, and you know they they they, well, they played hands on, and his quickness was what what kept him because he could play hit. He could come up and play right right in front of me, and uh, you know well that's something I we used to be. They they could hound you from the moment you left the line of scrimmage. And uh, he he was just really quick and fast, and uh, I I really enjoyed playing against him. He he was a great player. Your quarterback John Hadle, how important was he to your success? Well, John was you know John John had a great arm. John unfortunately hasn't gotten in all of him, but he if anybody deserves to be this quarterback, he does. You check his stats against people that are in there now, and he's right in the middle of it. And it's really a shame that he hasn't. Uh, John John had great timing. He was a great athlete, great guy, great leader. Uh, you know, I had to tell him all the time I was open, but I think all of us would say that. You're never covered. <laughs> Pardon? You were never covered. or All receivers feel they're open every play. Oh, uh, we're always uh, Just ask any receiver. He's open. <laughs> Tom Flores, did he ever try to get you to the Raiders when he took over there? Uh, yeah, in fact, he called me, uh, one training camp when I was trying to, uh, I was trying to get a five, thirty, I was trying to get a raise of five thousand dollars from thirty to thirty-five thousand, and Al Davis was in during training camp, and Al Davis called me and he said, hey, I just traded for you, and, uh, he said, uh, Sid will be calling to tell you. I've been going before, I mean, Sid had been giving me all kinds of hectic and problems about a five thousand dollar raise. And so he said, well, you know, what kind of raise you want? He said, just five grand. He said, well, no problem. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm trading for you. So I expected to have him come up and call me so that, you know, stay at your playbook. Guy came up and called me. I went in to see Sid and Sid looked up at me and he said, what do you want? And I said, 35,000. He said, you got it. And he didn't trade. He didn't take the trade. So. Yeah, he'll probably never forgave him for that. <laughs> no, I don't think he would trade me. Yeah, yeah, at that point in time, I was, you know, I was right in the middle of my career and I was doing pretty well. What was the championship game like in '63? Uh, it was a game where uh, during the season uh, the uh, Patriots, we played the Patriots, Boston Patriots at that time, and the Patriots had beaten us, I think. Seven six or ten seven or something of that nature, and <laughs> Sid put together a great game plan. We went in and played, and uh, uh, you know, really uh, sort of almost ran him off the field because of the great game plan that Sid had. And it was all based around uh, our fullback and uh, Keith Lincoln, and Keith had a fabulous game, probably one of, one of the best of all time. I think as far as my back is concerned, but it was, you know, uh, it was, it, I'd have to say the 63 team is probably the best team I played on the whole time I played in my career. Do you think you could have beat the 63 Bears who won the championship in the NFL? We offered to play them. They wouldn't play us. <laughs> that was so smart. Yeah, I, I do think we could have beat them, yes. We, we had one of the best football teams I've ever been on. I mean, it was the best football team I've ever been on. 
when you went to the Cowboys, what was that like? Uh, it's pretty different. When I got there, uh, coach told me, he said, uh, he called me and said, look, I traded for you, uh, to block. If you'll block, we'll run the Super Bowl. He wanted an outside receiver to come in and block. And I said, I would. And, uh, I did, and we won the Super Bowl. <laughs> and we didn't, you know, it was, it, it was a big change for me because it was not, you know, it looked like on paper that the Cowboys threw the ball a lot, but they threw the backs and tight ends. They never, they very seldom went to outside receivers. So it was a difficult, difficult adjustment for me mentally and, you know, trying to get ready to play the game. That, that was the reason why I retired after two years. I, I couldn't get myself to go work out and, you know, during the off season because there wasn't anything to work for. You know, I, I was going to do this block and I, that was something I, I enjoyed doing it because it was part of the game, but it wasn't the real reason for playing. How does Coach Landry take one of the top receivers in history and make him a blocker? I never understood that. Well, you know what? I don't know. And I'll tell you what. If one of the things was, uh, you know, we had Hayes playing on the other side, and I went back one time and told him, I said, look, all I have to do is look like I'm going to run a turn in and run straight down the field. we got a touchdown. And he looked at me and he said, when I go deep, I'm going to 9-1. And I looked at him and never spoke to him again about being open. You think so, Roger Staubach would have realized that being such a great quarterback there? <laughs> well, Roger was a great quarterback, you know. But uh, Roger was a, you know, was a lot like what's the kid going to the uh, Browns. Oh, Johnny Johnny, Johnny football? Yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, he, he was that type of football player. So, but he's a great one, you know. So I, I, I can't say anything but good things about him. I'll tell you what, you are two of the smartest football players of all time. I saw an article that said, out of the retired athletes, the one with the most net wealth is Roger Staubach. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he is. He's done well. And you've done pretty well with your companies through the years, too. Yeah, not that okay. I wouldn't trade with anybody. <laughs> Put it like that. <laughs> When you retired and you went in the Hall of Fame, how did you decide to have Al Davis present you? I wouldn't have had anybody else. Al was a special guy in my life, and he was the real reason that I went to the AFL, and he was the one guy in pro football that I respected more than anything. And I still, to this day, hold that respect and awe for him and, uh, and appreciate all that he did for not only me but for everybody that played for him uh, he, he was just a super super guy and uh, meant a lot to me in my life I'll tell you one thing, once a Raider always a Raider with Al Davis when you, I was at the Hall of Fame a couple of weeks ago and his players still love him and no one's had no one has presented more Hall of Fame athletes than Al Davis I didn't realize that, that's great He's loyal. Art Shell says how loyal is John Madden. Another guy who should be in the Hall of Fame, Tom Flory, said the same thing. And uh, Jim Otto. Yeah. yeah. How did you feel when you found out you're going in the Hall? Pardon? How did you feel when you found out you're going in the Hall of Fame? Uh, you know, it's really funny because I got a call and uh, it was five years after I played and I was out trying to make a living and doing things. They called to tell me I was voted into the Hall of Fame. I thought they were just calling to tell me that, you know, I was on the list or something. And they called and told me, and I hung up the phone and, you know, told my wife at the time, and I just said, you know, you didn't need I, I was like, I couldn't understand because it didn't have that much emotion attached to it. And 
I said, well, let me call my dad and uh, tell him. So I called my mom and dad, and when I, I realized at that moment uh, what it meant, because I couldn't get it out to tell him. I mean, it was meant so much to me that, you know, it, 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 all of a sudden I realized that all my life I'd, been, I'd, I'd spent trying to prove to my dad that I was that good. What did your dad tell you? My dad always told me no matter how good you are, there's always somebody better. And don't forget it. <laughs> <laughs> he probably said, look at Don Hudson, look at what kind of receiver he was. Pardon? Don Hudson, he probably said, look at him, how great of a receiver he was. <laughs> great receiver. Is there someone you patted yourself after? Not really. You know, there wasn't, uh, that, you know, when I played, there was, uh, was sort of a new position, and there wasn't really anybody that, you know, you looked at it, ran patterns or, or watched that closely because it just wasn't that much of it at the time. It's not like it is today. But you had a record that still holds. I mean, Calvin Johnson tied it with most 200-yard receiving games in a row. Well, you know, that's a long time ago, so I, I should have been real proud of that record, I guess. No. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Yeah, but here's the thing. Like you said, they throw so much today. Back in your day, they didn't throw probably a quarter of what they throw nowadays. No, they don't throw that much. But uh, but we, we, when we threw it, we, threw, we did pretty well. So, we, you know, we had great pass, we had great coaches, we had some Great guys uh, defending the quarterback, and uh, the system made, you know, made it work. we got to get John Hadel in the Hall of Fame, though, next year as a senior guy. Well, we've been trying, and haven't, you know, really haven't. And nobody seems to back us up that much, and it's really a shame when you look at all the stats. So. No, him, Charlie Hennigan, I mean, he's AFL yeah, Charlie guys. Charlie Hennigan's one, too, that should be in there, yeah. They forget these AFL guys, and they're going to make it harder next year because there's only going to be one senior, two contributors and one senior. Yeah. Yeah, that's a shame. And, you know, it's, uh, think about it is now we're getting where we put too many people in. It's The guys that come in, you got to be in the media, ESPN guys, it seems like, or CBS guys. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> no, I didn't. But there are a lot of those guys that deserve it, too, so it's not like, you know, it's not. But it, it really is that way. And there's just too many, you know, to me, uh, there's just an awful lot of people getting in. That does it for another edition of Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com. I'd like to thank our guest, Hall of Famer Charlie Taylor, Hall of Famer Lance Allworth. I'd also like to thank our executive producer, another Hall of Famer, Dave Olson. Tune in again next time for Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com.